Yanmark trying to get it towards the empty net. He dives. He scores. Hat trick. Game seven. Yanmark. Live from the Finley Chevrolet Fox Sports Las Vegas studios and live at LVSportsNetwork.com. And he comes, fakes, he scores! Mark Stone, shorthanded goal, took the goal off its pegs, lost his stick, but more room to pump his fist. This is the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show, your destination for inside access with the team, exclusive player interviews, and breaking news from around the National Hockey League. Here are your hosts, Darren Millar, and Ryan Wallace. Let's get at it. 60 more minutes of hockey talk in the Las Vegas Valley. We are your go-to source for anything to do with the Vegas Golden Knights or the NHL. We bring you uh, talk, opinion, interviews, information, analysis, breaking it all down right here in Fox Sports Las Vegas studios. Uh, Darren Millard along with Ryan Wallace, Chris Chapman also at the controls. The first and foremost thing, we can do this because uh, training camp hasn't even started. Uh, the number one topic uh, in the control room right now is uh, what is in the jukebox of Bruce Boudreaux behind him as he does an interview on the NHL Network. Uh, so we sent him a note and Bruce just got back to me and said that it's CDs. There's CDs, and it does work. And uh, sounds like he mentioned Hillary Duff, so there might be some Hillary Duff in there. Hillary, as well. yeah. Wow, that yeah. now that is now fantastic. here's here's the best news. Uh, Gabby says that he's going to be in Vegas in a couple of weeks, so let's get him in studio. All right, yeah. nice. Let's work on that. Yeah. Are we allowed to bring people in studio? Well, the good news is there's nobody here when we do the show. Good so. point. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great point. Yeah. All right, so as long as we agree, right? Yes. That we we all stand up for each other and I'm, we just say that uh, that Bruce was on a really clear line. Yeah, yeah. When he comes in studio, we'll we'll get him in uh <laughs> in the Fox Sports Las Let's Vegas studio. Let's go for it. Yeah. Uh you'll be in here, right, Wallace? You'll come in and hang out with Gabby yes. for a little bit. And then we'll yeah, get the music we'll get the music uh breakdown uh from the uh former Minnesota Wild from the former Anaheim Duck uh, head coach from the former Washington Capitol head coach. I don't know whether Gabby's written a book yet, but he should. There's uh, a few stories there. So uh that's that's coming up. I'll we'll try and track him down in a couple of weeks uh for a little bit of uh hockey talk and some uh some storytelling here on Fox Sports uh, Las Vegas. That's what we do. We bring you all kinds of different angles including top 5, bottom 5 and let's get into it. Uh this is number 2 uh on the list of the uh top 5, bottom 5, second best team in the National Hockey League as voted on by the uh three panelists on the VGK Insider show and the second worst team going into this campaign. It's a little bit of sugar and it's a little bit of coal. <laughs> what what would be the equivalent uh, of of sugar uh, on a dietary standpoint? Like something sour. Pro- What's something really sour? What? Why would that be? Um, I don't know. Well, lemons are uh, sour. Yeah, uh, yeah. Maybe I guess something lemons. worse than that, like rotten fruit or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that, that's what I'm I'm looking for. That's that's. Just wine. That, <laughs> oh. Somebody said that uh, they, it's Friday and they have to uh, really go out of their way to save uh, a bottle of uh, uh, wine because the cork was drowning. <laughs> and they had to pop it open and, and, and <laughs> drank it, uh, go, go hard on it. Uh, that's your Friday, and uh, we'll get you there with top five, bottom five. Number two 
the second best team in the National Hockey League this season. Chapman, let's start with you and let's count it down. Okay. From five to number two, and then give me your second best club. So five was the Toronto Maple Leafs. Four was the Vegas Golden Knights. Three was the Colorado Avalanche. And two, I I, I kind of like it because Ryan really has no idea where I'm going with this. It's a team that Darren had in his top five, and it's a team that oh. you just talked about really liking. And to me, it's the New York Islanders. I think Ryan made a lot of really good. Of, he, he made a lot of my points as to why they're really good. They check a lot of the boxes. Defensively, they're really good. I think they they have guys who can score goals. Matthew Barzal is phenomenal. Yes, they lost Jordan Eberle. However, they re-signed Kyle Palmieri, who's a guy who has consistently scored 25 to 30 goals in the league, and that's about the production you're going to get from Eberle. So I don't feel that that's a huge loss for them because I feel like they've replaced it with a younger guy who can pretty much do the same thing. I think their goalies are vastly underrated. I think that Varlamov is is very underrated when it comes to good goalies in this league. And Barry Trotz is a, is a fantastic coach. Like he he knows how to push the right buttons. And I could be totally off base here when I say this, but I think the only reason that this team has not won two Stanley Cups in the last that they're not the two-time defending Stanley Cup champion is because of the Tampa Bay Lightning. They lost one to nothing in game 7 to the team that ended up winning the Stanley Cup pretty easily. I think the Islanders are right there knocking on the door. Can they bust that door down? It remains to be seen. So you're but, playing the old Winnipeg Jet card from the 80s because they were stuck in the Smythe division with the Oilers. I, I guess that's a good way to look at it, yeah, because that, to me, they are right there. They just need to to find a way to kick the door in because if they do, they could be raising a Stanley Cup at the end of the season. Do you think they're the best team in that division? I do. They may not win the division, but I think they will be the team that goes the Didn't furthest. They finished third last year, and they went farther than anyone else. I know, I know. I'm just yeah. just throwing it out there. I, I don't. I don't. Tampa Bay finished third too. Yeah, so I don't think there's a whole lot of stock. I mean, Vegas didn't win the division, so I, I don't. They lost a tiebreaker for but, the but best. But at the end of the day, they, 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 but they still didn't win the division. They don't get to raise a banner. We lost on a tie. Were they Nashville? We lost on a tiebreaker. <laughs> I mean, All I, right, so I don't. The Islanders are number two. Yes. Wallace, number two, yeah, second best team in the National Hockey League. Start by counting down from five. All right. Five, the Boston Bruins. Four, the Florida Panthers. Three, the Colorado Avalanche. Two, the Vegas Golden Knights. I, I think I look at the Golden Knights. They're the second best team, in my opinion, in the NHL right now. Yes. We have made mention of the fact that the Islanders and the Golden Knights have both gotten to the exact same spot over the last two years in the Stanley Cup playoffs. They have been a Final Four contestant, and they have not been able to reach the Stanley Cup Final. Yes, I should probably have the Islanders on my list of top five, but it's my list, and I'm not making any apologies. They're not there. When it comes to the Golden Knights, I I think there's a lot of things at play here. You talk about Alec Martinez, the, the, the... what he brings to the table in terms of the defense for the Golden Knights, I don't think they're going to have, you know, just just this might be the best defensive core that they have had as a group and it, because you you got White Cloud getting better. You've got Nick Haig more mm-hmm. comfortable. I love what the Golden Knights have on the back end. 
I think Robin Leonard taking over the reins, Robin Leonard being the guy, and having a a one-two tandem in goal with Laurent Brassois is really going to help and aid that transition from Marc-Andre Fleury. And then it's Nolan Patrick for Cody Glass. It's it's just changing a little bit of that dynamic. I, I think Alex Tuck not being available early on in the season as he rehabs is probably not the best thing in the world except for when you start to factor in Alex Tuck hitting the playoffs running. And if he's able to get some good quality time toward the end of the season, I think that that's going to be a a nice feather in the cap of the Golden Knights who are essentially going to be getting a deadline acquisition in Tuck without actually going out and having to spend anything at the deadline if they so choose. I just think they're set up. This is a, a really, really good hockey team. And they beat Colorado last year. And until Colorado can beat Vegas in a seven-game series, I'm not putting the Avalanche ahead of the Golden Knights. Yeah, that's that's fair. I, I think Vegas deserves to be in the in the in the top two. Uh, slightly overlooked by Chris Chapman, who put them in at four. But at at number two, they're a team that's gone to back-to-back Final Fours. And uh, while well, you bypass the New York Islanders who did the exact same thing. I think the status in the Western Conference and where they where they just rank in the Pacific Division uh, lets them earn that. Uh, my my top 5 has run down like this. Florida uh sorry. The Islanders, Florida, Colorado and at number 2 Tampa. The reason I go with Tampa <laughs> even though they've won back-to-back championships is just the turnover on the roster that they brought Zach Bogosian back uh, and playing a bunch of hockey and the just desire factor. You always want to win the Stanley Cup, I know, but just there's that trying to break through factor, then you win it again, and trying to win three in a row, It uh, winning back-to-back in the cap era is extraordinary. Winning three in a row, I don't think uh, is is possible, and that's why I will go with the second best team is the two-time defending champions. Uh, if it wasn't a salary cap league, I would put them at number one. Uh, but uh, just based on on what they've had to deal with and the turnover on the roster, uh, I'm going to go with the Tampa Bay Lightning at number two which gives you a strong indication of who my uh, number one team is. But the second worst club in the National Hockey League, this is where all the dirt is. Who uh, who do you have, Wallace? And count them down for me. All right, five, Ottawa, four, San Jose, three, Anaheim, two, the Arizona Coyotes. Hmm. I mean, really, it's not that surprising, or it shouldn't be, because who do they have? Who do the Arizona Coyotes have to put on the ice that are going to get fans excited? Really nobody. And while I I think that there's something to that, when you look at the Coyotes, this has been a team that has needed to strip it down and rebuild. And they're doing that, and that's fine. But the fact of the matter is, I don't think they're going to be particularly good. You've got Clayton Keller, you've got Jacob Chikrin, and you've got a whole lot of blank slates and and an ability to really do this thing right. It's probably the best thing to do for the Arizona Coyotes. It just happens at an incredibly unfortunate time where this club is looking for their next arena deal. I just don't think they're going to be very competitive, and I just don't think they're going to be very good. You forgot about but Phil. But I think that's part of the design. You didn't mention Phil. Yeah, okay. 
Yeah, okay. Right. I don't think he's going to have fun you, there at all. What do you what do you what do you want me to say about Phil? I'm like just... I we're talking about a guy in Phil Kessel who's phenomenal, multi-time Stanley Cup champion, but I just I I'm with you in that I just don't think Phil's going to be an Arizona Coyote through the remainder of the season. Like there's going to be a point in time where Phil says, "I'm done with this. I don't want to do it." Get me somewhere else. The the fascinating part about the Arizona Coyotes will be the Phil factor this year, because I've <laughs> there's been um, an insinuation, a suggestion along the way that Phil lacks a little motivation, and and that was when he was winning cups. Now what what is his body language going to be like this year, when when he's uh, on that team that's going through a severe rebuild and not just the rink but rebuild uh with the with the organization and the people inside it so there that'll be that'll be fascinating to watch uh, Arizona the second worst team in uh, the opinion of Ryan Wallace Chapman what do you got mine is the same the Arizona Coyotes and the only reason they're not number 1 is i think they have a little bit more than the team that will be number 1 i think like Ryan mentioned Clayton Keller really good player he's under contract for a long time he's only 23 years old I don't think Phil Kessel is going to be there through the remainder of the season. Jacob Chikrin, good player. They need to hold on to him. I don't think he's a guy they move. But when you look at what they got back in the trade from Vancouver, they first of all, they retained almost $1 million in salary of Oliver Ekman Larson. But they really didn't get anything back. They got you Jay like Beagle. Antoine Roussel? Hey, he's, a, he's, a, he's a, one of those guys who... Uh, I was joking. Well, I don't mind him. <laughs> I don't dislike Antoine Roussel. He's a, he's a, he's a pest. And, and I think teams kind of like that. But when you're a bad team, that pest, I think, is more of a... That was a salary dump. Well, yeah, but but that's just it. They, they, they It seems like both teams dump salary. Because Louis Erickson was making a lot of money. Antoine Roussel, JB. A lot of money. The, yeah, a lot, a lot of money. money. A lot of money. Oh, but, man. but Arizona sent back a lot of money. But they got a guy that can turn both ways. Yeah, maybe. I, I don't okay, know. that was unfair. But... but what what what? what I, my, I, apologize. My, I apologize. Maybe my my favorite Jay, Jay Beagle. Jay Beagle can play. He won a Stanley Cup. Yeah, I like Jay Beagle. My he's a nice guy too. Huh. My my favorite part of all this is Arizona currently has two goalies on their roster, Carter Hutton and Joseph Cornar. Mm-hmm. Between yeah. the two of them, no. combined. That's not the name. Yeah. How do you say his last? How do you say his name? Kojanash. Kojanash. Uh, yeah. Yep. I don't know Come how on. you get that. But it's accent marks, buddy. Between the two of them, they actually are making less money combined than the backup goalie on the Vegas Golden Knights. So mm-hmm. I'm not sure that's going to be an area of, of strength for the Arizona Coyotes. In fact, when I look at this team, there really aren't a whole lot of areas of strength. And unfortunately for them, they're also moving to a division where they're going to get pounded on a nightly basis. Yep. And good luck. Good luck, Arizona. That's all I'm going to say. Wow. They're, so, they're so moving from a division that uh, that was top heavy in the Golden Knights. Yeah, but at least you had a you had a, a chance against teams like Anaheim and San Jose and and Seattle. Now you who who were you going to finish ahead of in that division? Yeah, I don't think anybody. Yeah, not that oh, I think like, they would have finished ahead of anybody in this division either. I uh, I went with Arizona as well. Uh, what would you wanted to chime in there, uh, Wallace? Yeah, it just it's it's funny because again, I, I, 
it's not that I think that this is the wrong strategy. I think it's the right strategy for the Arizona Coyotes. Just six players under contract in the 2022-23 season right now. Uh, it's quite frankly, the best part about the Arizona Coyotes this season is going to be their Kachina jerseys. That's going to be the only good thing, the only saving grace for the Arizona Coyotes. It's fascinating that this team two years ago uh, at the pause was mm-hmm. was selling a lot of tickets and had mm-hmm. the potential to make some noise. They were they gone into a bit of a funk right before the pause, but up until that point, they were in a playoff spot. They were they were sort of rattling the cages of of the uh, contenders, playoff contenders uh, in the Western Conference, and it's gone downhill since then and I'm not sure exactly where it totally went south but they went from looking like they could break through and and get over the hump and get some traction there to being back to where they they started like now it's new coach new ownership new uh, uh, manager new players uh, rebuild uh, don't have like this is the last year of their lease at uh, Healy River although I think that's just a pure negotiating tactic I think they'll play a couple more years there uh, they're just uh, that that's a business uh, fight that uh, that's playing out in public but it's 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 disappointing in in the sense because I still believe that uh, that that would be a great rival, even though they've switched divisions, it'd still be a great rival uh, for for the Vegas fan base. And what it really is right now is an ability for Vegas fans to go down there and pack the rink and and make it a, a another home game. No, you're absolutely right. And and again, I, I think that you know it's easy to say all three or five Arizona Coyote fans and and have that be something that you see on hockey Twitter. But the fact of the matter is there are diehard fans in every single market, and there are people that really, really love the Arizona Coyotes. And it's unfortunate that right now, based on what you were just talking about, Darren, two years ago there was a lot of optimism surrounding this team. There were trades for Taylor Hall. You were trying to go in and, yeah. and do something, make something happen. And right now it's it's sad that it's kind of been stripped down to its studs in just about 18 to 24 months. But, you know, for, for me, it's all about having a plan. The plan right now is, involves a lot of pain. But if you see it through and you do it right, there are going to be some building blocks that you can put into place for this club to get better. It's going to be a three to five year plan probably five to seven if we're being honest with ourselves, but that's that's going to be the situation right now for Arizona Coyotes and their fans. Well, on the bright side for them, they have nine draft picks in the first three rounds next year, and they should have a ton of cap space going into the next offseason. So, I mean, like you said, if you do it right, it may not take that long. It, there may be some lumps along the way, but I mean, you combine cap space with draft picks, it's almost like you're starting from scratch. Give me their draft picks. Uh, well, I don't know the numbers, but they have three in the first round. Mm-hmm. They have five in the second round. Exactly. And one in the third round. So okay. so you know what that tells me? Is this is a team that should be making offer sheets right now. Because yeah. they, they, can they make, have the picks to move. They can make multiple offer sheets right now. Yeah. And they can shake things up, and they can put a jolt through some teams that are cash-strapped. And they can give the fan base some some real electricity. That's what instead of drafting players with with nine picks in the first three rounds, 
Yeah. Go out and make some offer sheets and and try and get a Dulleen, try and get a Pedersen, try and get a Kachuk, try one one of these players that that you may be able to pry loose because you can go through, or at the very least, you put a team into a in a bad situation, which is part of doing business. And where it gets crazy is even next year they have like thirty million dollars coming off I the know. books. That's that's absolutely insane. So they're going to have to pay somebody yeah, just to get to the floor. <laughs> they're not even going to – I mean, if they don't, they're not even going to have a team. They'll so, be playing all AHL guys. But, but that's the, – the the draft picks are, are a beautiful story. It's – I'm sorry. You're not going to hit on all of them. No. Go get – go make a couple of offer sheets right now as we're in September. And there's all these players available, these RFAs. And you don't, you don't have to go like – you don't have to go Kachuk – and Patterson, you can go down the list where it's not as uh, uh, much of a, a shock when it comes to compensatory uh, valuations. Go go somewhere there. Do one big, one middle, and at least give yourself a, yeah. a chance. I, I'm I'm with you. Like I would go for a home run. I would go for one big and and one middle range. Like I would I would if it were me. And I'm going into this situation, and I'm saying, what player do I think can turn the fortunes around quicker than five years? I, I'm going out there, and I'm putting in an offer sheet for for Elias Patterson. Yeah, imagine, that's, that's what I'm doing. Imagine and, him and Clayton and, and Keller on a line Kaprizov, together, like one of them, or yeah, or Kaprizov. And and you know, I I don't really you you don't have to just continue to do things the way that you've always done them. You don't have to worry about upsetting or ruffling feathers. Like if you're the Arizona Coyotes and you want to turn this thing around quicker than what you're going to do through the draft and with development, then you're absolutely right there. And you are in a prime prime spot right now with the draft picks that you have accrued to go out there and, and really put a wrench in some team's plans when it comes to their restricted free agents. Or at least be, be a factor, be relevant. And yeah, it's matched, but if it's matched, you're you're still you gave the impression that you were you were in on it. That's what they. That's what I would like to see Arizona do with all those picks. And if they don't make the offer sheet now, then they've got them in the 2022 draft and good on them. I mean, there's some great great draft uh, choices coming up, but it just it's something where you've gone to great length to acquire all these picks. Do something bold with them. And not making at least one offer sheet with all of these RFAs out there right now is a missed opportunity. Uh, we've got one-timers coming up. I'll give you the latest news on Jack Eichel. There's a little bit of scuttlebutt making its way around the circles uh, of the Buffalo Sabres top player, $10 million man. And we'll also bring you up to date on a couple of other uh, news and notes uh, from around the National Hockey League. It's the VGK Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas. Brought to the near wing. Big shot and he scores! It's time for one-timers. Quick looks at some of the biggest stories of the day. And it's a tie hockey game. On the VGK Insider Show. Let's start with the higher profile side of the restrictive free agent front. Uh, Brady Kachuk doesn't have a contract with the Ottawa Senators. There's a, a back and forth here between the Ottawa Senators that's kind of leading us to believe that maybe there won't be something in time for training camp 
I was of the belief all along that this was going to get done. It was going to be a long-term deal. Brady Kachuk is going to be the captain, uh, but it would go down to the 11th hour. I don't know whether this is just posturing or uh, a form of negotiation, but over the last couple of days, stuff out of Ottawa is leading us to believe that they might have to go through a bit of training camp without one of their cornerstones. Uh, One side says that an offer has been made. The Ottawa Senators trying to tell everybody that will listen that they made an eight-year offer uh, to Brady Kachuk. Uh, The Mm -hmm. Kachuk side has responded with uh, just floating it out there that an offer hasn't been made. No. What does that mean? Does it mean one team, one side is is just flat out lying? No, you you can say an offer hasn't been made if you don't think it's a legitimate offer. If it's a, right. an eight year deal, but it's nowhere near the money, then you can go. That's that's not an offer. So the Senators may be right; they've made an offer, and and the player may be right that there hasn't been a, a legitimate. Now Pierre Dorian uh, was on the radio in Toronto yesterday and said that uh, that they've had really positive talks. And they're confident that Kachuk will be signed in time for camp. Uh, like, that's where it gets confusing. That there's been really positive talks, yet I'm hearing that Brady's frustrated <laughs> where he is. That, yeah, that's the other part of it. That's just back and forth. The I've had, we've had really positive talks side. Uh, if you've had really positive talks, then it should be on the verge of getting something done. And you'd hear a much right. different uh, chatter coming out of the Kachuk camp. Now, uh, will Brady Kachuk play somewhere else this year? No. What's going to happen is they're going to end up playing, uh, signing a bridge deal, which won't uh, won't be good for the Ottawa Senators. And that will open up the door uh, potentially for Brady Kachuk not to, to spend majority of his career for the Ottawa Senators. But uh, that's the latest there. Brady Kachuk uh, is looking for an eight-year deal, probably in the range of $9 million. We're looking uh, plus $70 million for the contract. Uh, the Senators have signed one player to that kind of money, and that's uh, that's Thomas <laughs> Shabbat. Uh, Arizona should jump in right now. I'm with you in terms of Arizona. Like, go yeah. after a player, make something, make it interesting, at least for the next couple of weeks. That'd be nice for, for us because it'd be fun to watch. But I, this is this is about the Ottawa Senators, right? Like, this is about the Ottawa Senators and whether or not they look at Brady Kachuk as, as a cornerstone player for this organization. And if they do, then you shouldn't really – if you're looking to put the C on the guy, if, if you're looking yeah. at, at potentially making him your next captain, the leader in the room, the leader on the ice, then you're looking at comparable to Thomas Shabbat and you're looking at just getting the deal done. If I'm the if I'm the Ottawa Senators and I view Brady Kachuk that way, I make the, I make the contract happen right now because every minute you waste, every second that you don't make that decision – you risk another team taking the decision out of your hands. I've heard that the captaincy is kind of part of these negotiations. Like eight-year deal, the captaincy goes with you. Bridge yeah. deal, the captaincy goes somewhere else. I don't know how accurate that is, but I have heard that. I don't know whether that's fair either. Guys, your captain is your captain. But right. uh, it's interesting that that's kind of been floated out there. And, and 
tap back. Uh, as for Quinn Hughes and uh, Elias Pettersson, uh, they continue to go back and forth, uh, and there doesn't sound to be like this isn't as contentious as I feel like Ottawa is right now over the last 24 hours. Mm-hmm. But uh, but doesn't sound like there's a whole lot happening on, on that front. Jack Eichel been teasing this for a little bit. Jack Eichel and the Buffalo Sabers. How about this? The uh, they got together. Well, at least at least the new agent got together. And they had what is being uh, termed by Elliot Friedman as an introductory meeting, which is weird because the agent already knows <laughs> everybody. So uh, uh, that's uh, interesting that they would have the introductory meeting. Uh, Jack Eichel, like he wants that new surgery that's never been done in a National Hockey League player before on the neck. He yeah. he hasn't had any surgery. He's just rehabbed. I don't I'm really curious to see where his health is come the start of training camp. Now, I, I, I think he was working out a little bit with the BioSteel camp, but yeah. I don't know where where he's going to be in a couple of weeks of, of training camp. Is he willing to play through some of this and show potential teams that he's healthy enough? Because I think there's some of that as well. But there's an introductory meeting between uh, – it's Pat Persson, right, that, uh, that took over uh, – Yep, uh, for uh, the agency. That that is correct. Yep, that is interesting. That there is an introductory meeting between Kevin Adams, the Buffalo Sabers, and the new agent in Pat Person. Yeah. I, okay. Um, is Jack Eichel going to play potentially play through some of this? I I, I don't know. I, I mean, you're talking about a player that feels pretty strongly about what he needs to do to be healthy enough to play and play at a high level and and I'm just not sure that you know if I'm in that situation I don't know that that's the direction I go I've made kind of everything very clear I I know what I need in terms of my body or at least I think I know what I need in terms of my body to, to be the player that I need to be so I don't know that that's necessarily fair to Jack Eichel. I'm not sure that he is going to play. I'm not sure he can get I, I cleared really, medically to play with it. That's that's the other aspect, right? Like, if, if you're in a situation where you need or, or you feel you need surgery, how are you going to be able to just come into a training camp and say, well, I've got this on the back burner, but Although if the doctors clear you, you're cleared. Now, that will get that's when it gets really nasty, and you're going to get into second and third opinions and, and challenges yeah. from the NHLPA. and uh, it, it's been a long time since we've gone down that road uh, with with a player, but that it, you can kind of see that on the horizon, of that kind of potential. If if Jack just doesn't feel like he's ready to play, ah, should have made the deal at the uh, should have draft. Come on, should have. Hey, you mentioned Phil Kessel uh, earlier with the Arizona Coyotes. I did. You know the San Jose Sharks apparently had uh, interest in him at the draft. That tracks. That would have been fascinating, right? Could you imagine? That would have just like I wish that would have went through. What was their it, their goal? Who knows? Give it time. <laughs> to sign Phil Kessel or, or trade for Phil Kessel. Yeah, that was but, the goal. I want to know what they're giving up. I don't know, Evander Kane. I I would not want a Vander Kane if I'm the Arizona Coyotes. Mm-hmm. Uh the, the idea of uh, just want to loop back to Brady Kachuk and the offer sheet in Arizona, if, if that ever happened, 
Keith played for Arizona uh, when they, when they first went there. So there, there would be. I wonder if that would have a thing to do with it or some goodwill. Uh, Tyler Bozak, remember Tyler Bozak? Uh, he got crunched mm-hmm. by Mark Stone last year. Uh, one one of the, yep. the the hits that jumps out at me from last year's season. He could make a former St. Louis Blue uh, free agent. Trying to decide where he's going to play uh, in the next few days. Pittsburgh. Now, Chapman and I spent a lot of time on Pittsburgh this week. Uh, Sidney Crosby and Wallace, you and I went back and forth on Crosby and Malkin and where they are and what they're going to do, uh, the, the the Pittsburgh Penguins. Uh, Sid's not going to be ready for the start of the season, but doesn't sound like it's going to be that, that long, uh, providing everything uh, with the recovery from the surgery on the wrist goes right. Jenny Malkin, we don't really know. Uh, there's going to be an update right before training camp. But Tyler Bozak would be an interesting guy to slide in there and give them some depth. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. I, I think that you're looking at a situation where the Penguins are, are probably looking for a player that uh, you, you hope can kind of be that stopgap for a little bit until you get one or, or both players back or really until we get an update on Evgeny Malkin to see what what the start of the season is going to look like for him. And then a player that can be a complimentary piece once you've got both guys back. So um, Bozak, I think, makes sense in this spot. But, you know, we're, we're also talking about a guy that you know, just just five goals last year, 31 games, health kind of a, a factor last season. So um, it'll be interesting to see if that's kind of the direction it goes. But the Penguins are probably going to need to bring somebody in to bolster the offensive production just a little bit until Sidney Crosby can get back in the lineup. I wonder if Bozak could get a multi-year deal out of them. I don't know. Yeah. I, 34 years old. I I mean, I I wouldn't do it. Like, I, I think that I would, I would bring him back on a one-year deal, and then if there's some type of chemistry or you find something that you like there, then maybe you, you start discussing an extension but i don't know that i'd go multi-year off the bat i walked in the studio today and you guys were talking about uh, charlie Coyle. he's going to be monitored at the start of uh, training camp limited a little bit in boston there's a guy that could change the fortunes uh, of the boston bruins big time if he can find his game again so the the reason we were talking about charlie Coyle, and, and it's fascinating to me because i i like the player let me let me really start out by saying I like the player. I I look at Charlie Coyle play in games oftentimes and I say, man, that guy's got to have, he's just got, he has great shifts. He's able to score. He's got a good shot. Like there are so many aspects of his game that I like, but then unknowingly I'll look him up and I'll say, okay, where's the production? Where's that next step for Charlie Coyle and for me we're talking about a player that's got 621 games in the NHL and I think people are still talking about Charlie Coyle's potential he makes 5.25 million dollars against the cap for the Boston Bruins now granted he struck gold on a great playoff run for the Bruins right after he was traded and cash in when you can cash in but at what point after 621 games, do you start to say, this is who Charlie Coyle is, the potential that everyone's enamored with, it's just not going to come? Probably about now, but he's got the deal. (laughs) Honestly, probably about now. Coming out of college, uh, well, he left college early and went and played in the Canadian Hockey League. 
just so much about him in a shot and that that, that release yeah. and the potential of it. And uh, for a little bit, you saw it. And mm -hmm. then he's just one of those just players that teases you uh, with, with, with his talent. It, it, again, if he puts it together, he's dominant. He's just a big mm -hmm. guy, can do so much. Um, I'm, I'm hopeful for him. Uh, the uh, Dallas Stars are a funny team. Just in funny in the sense of, do we really know what they are? Are they the team that went to the Stanley Cup final two years ago? Are they the team that missed the playoffs last year? Uh, they've got three goaltenders, three National Hockey League goaltenders in Hudobin and Bishop and uh, the former Washington Capitol, former Vancouver Canuck, uh, Braden Holpe. Uh, they've got uh, another prospect in, in Jake Ottinger. Uh, they've got two studs in Jamie Benn and Tyler Sagan. Like, what are they? Well, here this is coming out of, uh, of Dallas. Tyler Sagan doing much better after getting COVID this summer. And he said it knocked him on his butt. And he just he, he realizes that it's still a real thing. He was quoted as uh, saying that it was uh, it, it humbled him. Uh, he's happy he got over it peacefully, and he's feeling more normal now. But uh, just a, a, a warning to everybody that uh, that that you don't get much healthier than a guy like Tyler Sagan, and it still took uh, took him down. And he was double vaccinated, uh, so you got to just uh, just be careful of uh, the situations that you, that you put yourself in. But a bigger picture, uh, we're we're thankful that uh, the Tyler's back and and ready to go. I, I don't know what the Dallas Stars are. So. I'm not sure I know either because I look at this lineup on paper and while I think they're a bit older in terms of roster construction, I, I like a lot of the young pieces that they have. For me, when it comes to potential, and we're talking about in the same vein, I'm, I'm, we're looking at Charlie Coyle. Like, Rupe Hints to me is kind of that guy. There's speed. There's a good release. He just seems to be one of those players that every time it seems I watch him play, he, he's noticeable. He stands out. Um, you know, I, I do like their depth. I like their back end. I like their blue their line. Their back end, yeah. Uh, but, but for me, I need to know who's going to play the majority of these games in goal. I need to know if Ben Bishop's going to be healthy. I need to know if, you know, you're kind of sitting in a spot right now where you've got three goaltenders at the NHL level and you're maybe looking to, to move one in training camp or something. I just don't know what the plan is for these goaltenders. What are you looking to do? And that, to me, is is going to be the big question mark when it comes to Dallas. Because if they stay healthy, I think up front and on the on defense, they're they're going to be perfectly fine. I just don't know how you're going to make things work with with really four goaltenders that could play in the NHL and only two spots. Uh, compared to Vegas, they traded Mark Andre Fleury and you brought in Laurent Brossois to be to be yeah. the backup. No, you weren't going to give Logan Thompson the backup job in the National Hockey League after like basically one year of, of uh, pro experience. In in Dallas, like Jake Ottinger's kind of worked his way in there. I'm He's been there for a while. I'm mm -hmm. surprised they didn't give him the opportunity to be that second guy if, if Hudobin or Bishop couldn't go. Instead, they brought in Braden Holpe. So I'm not surprised. I, I totally agree with what they did in Vegas in, in, in bringing in a proven backup. In, in Dallas, that succession looked like it was going to be there and they spent $2 million on Braden Holpe who was bought up by Vancouver. The big question for me is does their core, do they hit that wall? Because like Ryan mentioned, they have a bunch of guys who are up there in years. Radulov is 35, Pavelski 37, Ben, yeah, he's probably okay at 32. 
But then you look at Blake Como. He's not. He's up there in years. They bring in Ryan Suter. He's no spring chicken. So, four, four years for Ryan Suter. Yeah. Is that? Oh, jeez. Yeah. So at, he's going to play at least 40. And I don't know if that if that's something you want, but if that's the guy you wanted to bring in, it seems like you kind of had to make that make that deal. But I I wonder if their if their stars are going to age overnight because they're not a young team. And and even like you mentioned, the goalies, the guys they have in there, they're not young either. Ben Bishop and Kudobin are both thirty four and thirty five respectively. So. I would take uh, Pavelski at sixty-five. Uh, he's amazing. Like, like, <laughs> like he, he, the rest of them, I agree they could they could hit a wall. But Pavelski, I'll take at sixty-five. But like, I like their team. Go to and the front of the net. I, I like their blue line. I love Mira Haskin, and he's so good. And and Klingberg is is phenomenal as well. So I don't know what to make of them. I think they could be really good, or they could be disappointing. I wonder if they're going to deal one of those defensemen. I don't know why you bring in Suter. And I, I think they may be over the cap, if I'm if I'm not mistaken. So they may have to make some moves before uh, we get to that point where they need Dallas to be Dallas a playoff team? team? Yes or no? Yes. Wallace? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. How about you? I want to say yes. Yeah. I do want to say yes. <laughs> Tough but division, I, though. Honestly, they're a team that could win the division. Yeah. You look at their, their their team on paper, and they're a team that can miss the playoffs. <laughs> and you you can't say that about about that many teams. Um, I don't think they're going to be in on Tarasenko, but that would be an interesting fit if they could somehow work a work out a deal with that. It kind of goes with the same type of trade that that Dallas would would kind of wiggle their way uh, in. Those are your uh, your one timers for this Friday, September on Fox Sports Las Vegas. We're back to the Findlay Chevrolet Fox Sports Las Vegas studios. This is the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show. Here's Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace. Well, it's week one in the books. I thought it went well. Did we get into trouble at all this week? No. No. That's pretty good. It's a record for us. That is. Yeah. Well, it was only a four-day week. But I'll take it. Good for me, yeah. We got through uh, top five, bottom five, with uh, <laughs> leading our way towards number one. The best team in the National Hockey League will be announced on Monday, and the worst team in the National Hockey League will be revealed on Monday. But uh, that's that's a pretty good week. So, Chapman, you have two minutes left. Don't screw up the week as we catch up with Chapman on this Friday. NFL season kicked off last night. The Dallas Cowboys and the Defending Super Bowl champion, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, or as they're calling it, Champa Bay, as that city has produced multiple champions the last couple of years. I don't know how many times... You just said that like you were breaking news. Well, I mean, it's I'm just putting it in there. So, Hey, Champa Bay, you get it? Yeah. Champa Bay? Get, I, it, it took me a while <laughs> to get it, but... The guy, the guy has been playing for 20 years, and he's been doing it for 20 years. I don't understand what the thinking of Mike McCarthy is to leave Tom Brady a minute and 30 seconds needing a score to go down the field and lift the Tampa Bay Buccaneers to victory. The guy's well, I don't think he did it on purpose. No, but they had to kick the field goal. Yeah, but you have to you have to have better clock management. You don't want to give Brady the ball. With any time left on the clock. Did you see what Ezekiel Elliott ran for last night? They had the, no running game. Well, I, I think because he threw 52 passes. Was it 58 passes? Because or they didn't have passes? any running game. Well, Zeke Elliott will be fine. The Cowboys 
I think they'll be as good as Mike McCarthy is when he not that doesn't get in the way because it seems like I mm. I know a lot of Packer fans could not stand yep. Mike McCarthy. I already know Cowboy fans who want him fired already. It's like ah, I, thought they were okay. pretty, I thought they were pretty good last night. Uh, the but Tampa uh, Tampa's good. I I, I think. See Brady just throwing the ball away at the final three throws. Yeah, that was that was. It was like yep. Right out of bounds, no Some problem. Guy, I was wondering, how many guys do you think would be upset about that because their QB rating and their attempts and all that kind of stuff would be yeah, damaged by I don't, that? And he does. I, I don't he think he cares. Care. But week one, I, I know Ryan is a big Buffalo Bills fan. Good mm-hmm. good start for yep. them as they take on the Pittsburgh Steelers. My New York Jets play the Carolina Panthers. Darren, I don't know who you... Did you just give Buffalo the win over the Steelers? No, I said Ryan supports. He, he it's, a, it's a big game. He did. No, yep. he, said, he said a big start. No, no big, big one. Hey, uh, yeah. Hey, Chapman, I got to ask you a question. Yes. In your professional football watching opinion, yes. How much time is a safe amount of time to leave Tom Brady with a chance to win the game? I would say you, if you're kicking off to Tom Brady in the final two minutes, you want the clock to be at like zero zero one. <laughs> you don't want him to have the ball with any time. No, even then, you're, yeah, there's still a chance he can chance. find a way to beat you. Something, something yeah. will happen. Yes, it's ridiculous. It's Tom Brady. The, I can't stand the guy, but you have to respect him. He he's the greatest of yeah, all time. Yeah, I think and this this is one that you you give Mike McCarthy a pass on. Never, no. The goat. You don't did give his thing again. <laughs> it's not like it's not like you don't have twenty years of videotape of this it, guy doing it's, it. It's not like you don't know it's Tom Brady yeah. on the other it's side. It's not Come like on. you're kicking off. It's and Chris Chapman's playing quarterback for the Dallas Cowboys. When do you get to be a spotter again for the I don't know. I, I had fun. I enjoyed it. No, UNLV football. Oh, UNLV football. Yeah. When are you going to do that again? I don't know. Hopefully soon. It was fun. It was a lot of fun. Because they play again soon, don't yeah, they? Yeah, they play Iowa State next week. Tomorrow they are down in Tempe to take you on. the call yet for next week's game? I'm doing the, the pregame show. boy. Yes. Good job. Uh, thanks to everybody for listening. We're back. We can't wait. Fan Fest next week. More news on that as we return on Monday on Fox Sports Las Vegas.